Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to The Roundup, presented by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken on Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, and I am joined, as always, with the editor of Eater Nashville, Delia Joe Ramsey. How are we doing, Delia? Well, Brandon, I'm not going to lie. I was uh, sick a few days this week, and then I got lonely, and then I got bored, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Then I've been playing catch-up since then, so uh, I also got to see some friends, and so and, and I got a haircut. So there's that. But how how are you? Hey, all in all, that sounds like a pretty good week. <laughs> so, what kind of sick person are you? I I kind of am like man flu sick as far as I want someone to come take care of me. And in my case, I didn't have anyone to do that. So I just kind of <laughs> I kind of wallow and then Google all my symptoms and. Um, then I get sad because my mom used to would drive up immediately if I were sick and she'd make me chicken and noodles. And then I was crying about that. So then there was grief journey and then there was anxiety about being alone. And it just, it was a whole rabbit hole for about uh, 48 hours or so. But I'm up and up now. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> Every, day. Every day, a lot to unpack. How'd you, uh, how'd you, so how do you get out of that? Like when you get into that space where you're like not feeling well, you're sick, you're alone, you're bored and you get into this grief stricken, you, your mom normally takes care of you. How do you, how do you get out of that? I mean, I kind of, I admittedly, I admittedly wallow in it for a good day or so. And then, I mean, while you're sick, it's hard to cheer yourself up. But once I kind of started feeling better and I could eat again, then I just started treating my damn self to food that I liked. And admittedly that helps, which I don't know if that's an unhealthy coping mechanism, but that's what I do. And then just kind of opening up to friends and not just sitting in my head after so long kind of helps just to talk to someone else, especially right now. I think, there are other people that are in similar spaces, even when you're not sick, just being kind of alone and isolated right now, you know? Yeah, it's a lot of people. And I, I know we're going to talk about some of that today in this episode, just kind of with this resurgence of the coronavirus. Um, what is your favorite sick food? Okay, so I have a few a few routes that I go. So first, I mean, I will love to drink like a Coca-Cola when I'm sick. It kind of helps with my nausea. And it's, Ooh, like a, yeah. it's a childhood flavor. It just brings you back this effervescent like spark that kind of helps me to feel better. And then I also really like to eat buttered noodles. So sometimes when I'm sick, I'll get on Postmates and just look for like a child's plate of just butter noodles because I don't want to cook them for myself because I don't feel good. And then I also crave really spicy food. So this is maybe the most <laughs> productive thing I do, especially because I'm like stomach sick, but I'm like, Give me the hottest thing possible, and I'll eat that. So I ordered in Nashville hot chicken this week. <laughs> I was sick. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Maybe this is my self sabotage. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what do you eat when you're sick? Do you eat normal things? I eat like I eat crazy things. I eat candy. Like if you know me, like I am like the candy monster. I am always. 
I don't know. Maybe it goes back to my days of like smoking pot where I just constantly would eat candy when I get the munchies and it's just stuck. And now I just eat candy. When I get sick, I eat like Sour Patch Kids and I like the little nip a nip, like the little wax candy with the like the juice in the middle of it. I haven't had that in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, like I'll make a special trip to Cracker Barrel <laughs> to make sure I can find the most disgusting, oldest candy in the world. And I love stale candy, by the way. Like my wife cracks up because I'm like, if I like, I like lemon heads and cherry heads and apple heads. So I will go like we went to Florida. We'll stop in the middle of Nowhereville, Alabama. And I'm like, oh, we got to find the most rundown gas station because I'll bet they have the little 25 cent things of like uh, lemon heads that are just stale and hard and they're the chewiest. And I love that. I think I grew up on those in uh, rundown Alabama. So I don't know what fresh ones are like. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you mean they make fresh versions of that? <laughs> uh, I am like the exact same. I have I my wife cracks up too because i get like the biggest man flu like when i get i'm not the kind of person i did this for a long time like when i was in high school and college i would go to work if i had the flu like i would go to work all the time it did not matter yeah i would just i was a beast i would but then i would be sick for like a month and a half and then fine well i just i needed the money i needed to work and i would just go to work so i'd be like hell i can power through it and then finally somebody said Hey man, that's incredibly selfish and um, really dumb because if you just stayed home for like two days and rested and drank fluids and ate the candy with the wax and the juice in the middle, <laughs> you'll feel so much better. And so I started doing that. So when I get sick now, I just get in my head and I lay on a couch and I'm like, I'm going to murder a full, I'm just going to binge watch something and I'm going to not think about how sick I am and I'm just going to get over it. And then I'm better Then I like, I get back to full strength. Maybe that's part of my problem is I never turn my TV on. Maybe I wouldn't just swallow for 24 hours if I turned on television. It definitely helps take your mind off of how bad you feel, for sure. Noted. (laughs) So now that we know what kind of sick people we are, uh, I think we've given a good preamble to what kind of episode this is going to be today on the Roundup. Uh, we're, we've kind of done a few episodes. So right now we're in a really weird time. We're in a really weird time where restaurants are like open, but we're in phase two. Bars are closed. People are still doing takeout. A lot of people still haven't opened yet. And I just, you know, it's tough to do a show where you're talking about the newest, coolest things in Nashville and where to go and what to do. And you want to promote people. So I kind of thought, hey, look, let's just do a full episode. We keep trying different versions of this show. We're going to do, we're going to get it right. So if you're listening to this, I'd love to know your thoughts. Let us know in the comments. Check it out. Say, hey, I like this version or I don't like this version. But the show's going to be a long one today. We're just going to talk. We're just going to talk about all the stuff that's uh, going on with us. And we've got a really great What's the Delia later on. What are we talking about today? What's the Delia? We are going to talk about tipping and tipping before the times of coronavirus and tipping during coronavirus and just kind of looking at it from all sides and having a good discussion about it. I love it. That you're passionate about. (laughs) I am. I've been waiting many years to do this segment and I hope I don't hijack it from you because uh, we're going to do it as a discussion, but um, 
I there's I definitely have some some opinions about tipping. Yes. I'm excited about it. So hang in there through the episode. It's going to be towards the end, and uh, we will get into what's the dealia. So this week was a pretty cool week for Nashville Restaurant Radio. We um, we had Tony and Caroline Galzen on the show on Monday. And I tell you what, if you want to talk about just an authentic couple of people who absolutely get it and absolutely love the people that that work for them and take the responsibility of being a restaurant owner seriously. And just, I mean, they're just so intelligent. I just was so impressed by literally everything about them. You ever just finish an episode where you talk to somebody for over an hour and you're like, I really like you guys. That's what, that's what happened the other day with both of them. They are, you know them, right? Yeah. Um, I'm good friends with Caroline and I mean, they've just been good humans beyond, you know, great at, what they do as far as restaurant and cooking and taking care of people. They're, they're just good humans and good friends. They sent a large casserole down to my mom when she was sick with me. And they, she showed up at my house one day when she knew I was having a tough time and just kind of showed up and hijacked and took me away to where I needed to be whisked away for a minute. And she's, um, she's just a good human. So I was excited to hear their episode and I love the game that you played with them at the end. That was a, those are fun things you guys did. So are you gonna do more of those? Yeah, we're gonna do a lot more of those. So I've been I've got some teasers, I guess. I've got a couple more couples that will be coming on the show hopefully pretty soon. And we're gonna be doing more of the newly reopened game. But if before we started that interview, we were talking and I said, Hey guys, do you mind if towards the end of the episode we play a game? Mm-hmm. And if you could see her eyes, she was like what do you mean a game? And I said, it's kind of like the newlywed game, but it's going to be called the, I, I said, I don't know what's going to be called yet. Literally on the show when I said the newly reopened game, like it was organic, like that was how I named the show. Like it was right then and there. And I said, um, well, it's kind of like the newlywed game. We'll call it the newly, I, I don't know what it is game. And she goes, are you serious? And I go, yeah. She goes, I've always wanted to play that game. Like, yes, like we're totally in. And she just got so excited Aww. about the possibility of playing that game. And uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun doing it. I do love a game show. Um, I'm a big Wheel of Fortune girl. I've tried to try out twice. And so I'm very into, into game shows myself. I um, I have this dream of doing Family Feud myself. Okay. Is that is that your jam? I love Family Feud. And I think that what Steve Harvey has done with Family Feud is just magnificent. For bringing back a game show and just absolutely killing it. Sure. Um, and it's in Atlanta too. So I'm like, we could do that. That's like feasible. And my family, like my mom, dad, sister, brother are all like hilarious people. And they're, we're all so incredibly different, but I just think we would do really well, but like it's a flawed game show, but I think it would be just a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, what's not, it's, it's good to have a distraction, especially in these days. So that's, I think something I especially enjoyed about that episode was it took our minds off of this current climate for a minute and just got to know some people yeah and we will continue to do that uh we have i'll give another teaser we have a really cool segment that you and i have both been working on mm-hmm. we are going to release it next week we have got i mean we have 15 chefs and restaurant owners right now i'm gonna have to trim it down so we don't do everybody we'll have to make another video but with your original What's the Deal, we talked about one-star Yelp reviews during a pandemic. And we have got some pretty big names 
of chefs and restaurant owners reading their worst Yelp reviews. <laughs> and it is really, really funny. And I, I want to stress to everybody, I was watching them last night and I'm kind of putting them together and doing some editing. Like this is for fun. Okay. Like this is for fun. These chefs and restaurateurs have, um, have a big heart and they obviously care very much about your opinion and what goes on. But these Yelp reviews are just ridiculous. I mean, these are just ridiculous Yelp reviews. Uh, it's an akin to um, kind of the uh, Jimmy Kimmel's celebrities reading mean tweets. And then Tony and Caroline Galson did an event where they had these chefs come and read their worst Yelp reviews. So I kind of stole that idea. And they have one that they read for me. So we have Manit Chohan, uh, Vivek. We've got Deb Paquette. We have um, James Garrido from The Henley. Tony and Caroline Gelson, Nick and Audra Guidry. I mean, there's there's a bunch that we've got. We've got Matt Bolas. I'm so it's so funny to see how each of them kind of did it differently. Some of them would just read it, but some of them had to react. You can tell they're such big personalities and they're very passionate and they just had to react to it. So I love seeing how each different chef reacted differently to their reviews. So that will be out next week. Uh, so look for that. We'll put that on a video. And uh, if you see that, like it, share it. Um, we kind of want to highlight how ridiculous some people can be on Yelp. And it's ridiculous what these people write on Yelp. And there's a responsibility to doing that. And we really want to highlight just that these are people's businesses. These are people's livelihoods. And these no nameless people that have zero friends and one review with one star reviews, these places, they're just asinine. And um, it's just fun. It's it's all in the name of fun, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I was I think I fun about, during the pandemic. I was like, don't let this stress you out reading this. This should be somewhat therapeutic. And I think for most of them, it was. Um, but maybe, maybe yeah, we- I, I made it. Oh, go ahead. I mean, maybe it should be a, a series that we do. Like every couple months, we just pop in and read some more reviews. Uh, yeah, everybody that comes on the show, we're doing it. <laughs> we're getting that done right now. I can read mean reader comments about myself. <clears throat> can do that too. Oh, that would be fun too. I mean, my favorite is just the tweet. Well, let's, um, my favorite is the tweet that I was a vegan millennial. And I'm like, y'all know I'm the queen of queso, right? Vegan is the furthest from the truth on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the vegan millennial. <laughs> You're like right on the cusp. I don't even know if I'd call you millennial. I'm an exennial is how I describe myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like right there with you. Mm-hmm. So let's move on with our show. And we're going to break away from our, our typical, just our conversation here. And we're going to talk about, oh, you know what? I'm not going to jump ahead because I did not talk about Akinde. Our other show this week was Akinde Olagundie. And he is the president of the Nashville chapter for the United States Bartenders, Bartenders Guild. He's also a bartender at Skull's Rainbow Room and an amazing human being. And I got to catch up with him at his house, sitting on his porch. Wow. And uh, he just moved into this new place. It's awesome. It's in East Nashville. He's got a great little spot. But he is, you know, when it comes down to just being like a super professional and people absolutely caring about their craft and putting 
all of their energy to really excelling. He's just that guy. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that you want to strive to be he's so inspirational. Um, and you know it, Kende, right? Yeah, he's a great, he's a friend and he's great at what he does. I actually met him when he was working at Skulls through another mutual friend. And yeah, I always, always love seeing him behind the bar. It's one of those faces that you feel like you know and then actually become friends with outside of bar. Yeah, so we're going to get into more of that. We're going to talk about, I started a thread on the Nashville Hospitality page. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. So last week, Tony and Caroline Galzen, Akinde Olagundie, and we're, this coming week, we are going to have the girls from FOH and BOH.com, who we're going to talk about here in just a second with an advertisement. Um, but this is not an advertisement, their um, interview. We want to learn more about them because I think this is some technology that you guys really need to know about. And I wanted to, I feel like it's too good to be true. And I wanted to, to break that down with them. And we do. It's great. Um, we also have Josh Habiger. Mm-hmm. He will be coming on Wednesday. Awesome. will be the episode with Josh Habiger. And he is the chef owner at Bastion. I'm dying to go back there now and since they've moved over to the bar side. Yeah, I'm I'm just so impressed with him. And you know, Catbird Seat back in the day, the innovation that he just does on a regular basis. I'm dying to know his opinion and kind of his thoughts about everything right now, just to kind of break open, just kind of talk to him because he's just such an innovator and I love to find out how his brain works. So that's going to be a really cool week next week. I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Looking forward to that one. So it's a good segue into FOH and BOH as an advertisement. Um, so FOH and BOH is a website and right now they're offering free access. If you're a restaurant and you need to hire somebody all I continue to see out there, and we're going to talk about this in just a second, is restaurants posting on Facebook saying, hey, need a server. Hey, need a line cook. Hey, need this, need that. And they're just, it's like throwing a fishing pole with a worm out in the middle of a lake and wondering what you're going to catch. And with FOH and BOH, foeandbow.com is how you pronounce it phonetically. And foeandbow, literally, you go in and you create a profile, and people that own restaurants can come in fill out their own profile. It's kind of like a dating app. And we talk more about it. You'll get on the show Monday. But like you literally can go in and you can say, well, you know what? I like to, I want to work in this particular area and I don't want to wear a uniform and I have tattoos on my face and I don't want to, I want to do whatever. And you can kind of enter in all these different things that you like and it matches you with restaurants that have all of that. So if you don't want to wear a a uniform and you can wear whatever you want, then there'll be restaurants that like say, oh, hey, you don't have a uniform and it'll find the place that fits your personality, which really like how cool is that? I think that's a way more productive thing to be swiping on than Tinder during the pandemic, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I said, (laughs) well, I mean, you know, you can go on this site and you can, um, you can put on there, I'm looking for a job, I'm not looking for a job, or I'm happy in my current position, I just want to have a profile up here, or I'm happy, but if the amazing job offer comes along. So, I mean, if you're a restaurant owner, it is free through the end of August. You can log in. There's no strings attached. You can log in, 
start looking. There's 2,500 people on there right now that are looking for jobs. I mean, you're posting on Facebook. You need a server. Like you could literally log into foambo.com, fill out your profile, put the kind of restaurant you are, and then people can say, hey, I want to come work there. And you can, and you'll get an email every day that says these nine people want to come work for you. You can do nothing with that. Or you can say, oh, I want to see who these people are. And click, you, all it does is one button that says, click request interview. Like you just hit click. You can do, I think you can do a Zoom call or you can do it in person. I mean, it's that easy. So I just, the technology is there. Everything about it is super cool. We get into big time detail on Monday on our show. If you want to learn more about it, because it feels to me like it's just too good to be true. But um, it's not like it, it gets, it's legit, like everything about it. And they, it's, this is a local company. So Mary Pillow Thompson and Hallie Hayes live here in Nashville. They're Nashvillians. And they started this here. This is a Nashville based company doing Nashville based stuff. Um, so I'm just super proud to have them as a sponsor on the show and um, can't talk about them enough. Awesome. So who else out there? So what do you got on the hiring boards looking at all those different sites? Um, who else is hiring? What have you seen? seen a few cool things this week. I saw that Husk is hiring wine cooks and dishwashers right now. And wow. You've been to Husk, right? I mean, I think so many people moved to this town to work at Husk. So I, I noticed that instantly and wrote that down. <clears throat> I think, you know, that's amazing. Husk is so important for Nashville and the dining scene. It's kind of something that put us on the map nationally when, you know, Sean Brock got here and Husk opened. And it's such an important part of the Nashville story. So it's super cool opportunity there. And then on the brand new front, the Joseph Hotel is hiring. And the Optimist is hiring servers and cooks. And Ooh, that's, a, that's a good spot. I know I went twice the first week because I was so excited about seafood. Then um, Murfreesboro Chop House I saw for those maybe outside the city. And Pinewood Social is the last one I saw looking for all positions. Pinewood Social. So these are some pretty big names. So this is an interesting market right now where these big name restaurants are looking for people and they're active like saying that usually these restaurants are just completely packed right exactly like it's it's hard it's like you can't get a job there and right now they're like look we need people that's such a crazy dynamic the tables have certainly turned no pun intended um given the current climate yeah i just um i wish i had like you know advice for people out there and uh, we talked about it in our interview Monday, but just the idea of restaurants being open right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a crazy thing. I mean, if you go back to my first episode of Nashville Restaurant Radio, I talk, it's called, I did the episode, it's called, how about a round of Corona dot, dot, dot virus talk? <laughs> and it really was based, and I, we'll have this conversation because mm-hmm. I did that episode because we were in the, it was March 13th mm-hmm. and everything had closed and everybody's on Facebook putting all of these announcements, Facebook, Instagram saying, we now, Hey, listen, we wash our hands here. And everybody's making all these grand statements of mm-hmm. we're clean, come out and eat. And I saw the writing on the wall that everything is closing Restaurants are going to close real soon. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said, I don't think we should be doing this. I think everybody's knee-jerk reacting, making all of these statements on social media saying, 
come to our restaurant. We wash our hands. We're clean here, you know? And it's like, should we, do we have a, a social responsibility right. to like not spread this virus? And I feel like we're entering back into that phase. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you've got, you got so many restaurants right now that haven't opened. Look at Tom Morales, um, Craig at Peninsula, Nick and Andre Guidry. They're, they're not opening like Pelican and Pig. They've just got their little, you know, to go pop up. Mm-hmm. And there's so many restaurants that haven't opened because, you know, if you, if you can't, if you have the ability to not open and not send your staff back into a dangerous environment, then I'm kind of on board. Like I'm completely with them. Like the safety factor of your people is so big and the people that are open, I think that if you have a necessity, like I'm going to have to close the doors if I don't generate cash, I get where those places are completely open. Um, and I, I talked to Craig over at Peninsula and he's going to come on the show the week after next yesterday, a little bit about it. And, uh, that's going to be a fun interview, by the way. <laughs> he's a, he's a great person to talk to about all of this. We've had some good conversations throughout as well. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I think we're back in that stage yeah. should, where we need to be contemplating, like, do we need to be promoting everybody needs to come out to eat? Right. Or do we need to say, wear a mask and be super careful? Like, what are your thoughts? I saw this tweet yesterday and it said, right now is a great time to be alive if you love feeling unsure about literally everything you do. <laughs> and that explains <laughs> That's it. Exactly where I am right now. I mean, my gosh, on one hand, yeah, I'm kind of back in quarantine mode. But, you know, at the beginning of of quarantine, I had a live-in boyfriend and now I'm single. So I I see the side of, yeah, I should stay at home. But then like last night, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get out of the house. And I walked across the street and ate on a patio. Um, But, you know, I was careful. I, you know, wore the mask onto the patio. I didn't get close to anybody, but I ate food there. So I... (laughs) On one hand, I see, yes, let's protect the server. Let's be home. But then I also have this mental health piece. It's like, but my God, I need to go somewhere. But I know that's not essential. But um, I, I too, am on the side of we are back in that phase where maybe we shouldn't have dining rooms open and we should be back in takeout only mode probably is the truth. It's just a selfish part of me that, of course. Well, I mean, you make a, you make a really good point. Um, you know, and this is why this whole thing becomes more frustrating because, man, it's just this this crazy dichotomy. You want to be open because people need interaction. Right. And just the ability to leave the house is so therapeutic, like you just now described. Mm-hmm. But we're essentially sending people into work in an unsafe right. environment. And there's this whole thing right now about masks. And I don't... Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's like when you look at logic for everything about it, it just becomes a, just just wear the damn mask. Just put a mask on. And people go, well, people, more people are touching masks. And when you touch the mask, you transfer it. And it's like, but it, if you're not wearing it, you're just, you're just blasting your, your droplets. It, the, the virus is spread by droplets that you right. speak. And when you breathe, like... That's how this thing spreads. And if you wear a mask and I wear a mask, like it, if it prevents it 50%, okay. Like, I mean, I don't know the, the actual facts. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor, but it seems to me like if I can protect other people, why would you not just do it? Like, I don't care what I look like. 
Of course. I mean, I guess I do have one topic. I was discussing this last night with, with the bartender at the restaurant I went to. But my issue is in the restaurant, yes, I can wear the mask to the table. I can wear the mask to the bathroom, but I'm still going to be eating. And there are saliva droplets. They're going to be on my fork and on my plate, which then the server has to carry back to the kitchen. So if I've protected the server and wearing the mask, he's still carrying like something I ate off of back to the kitchen. So am I not already putting it in risk again? You are. So I don't, I guess I don't see how, I mean, I guess the mask protects a little bit, but again, you're not wearing the mask at the table. So I just. <laughs> well, I think that's where, that's where social distancing. I mean, and, and that's where Caroline and Tony Galzen had a really great point, which is why they pivoted their entire concept. You know, you go to the front door, they've got the, all the plexiglass, you place your order, you get, you get to kind of go seat yourself and they have the patio and everything. And then when your food's ready, they bring it to you. And they said, we don't want a server coming to your table, standing over you, breathing, breathing in your, they don't want to put their servers at risk and they didn't want to put the people at risk. So we're going to order one time. You're going to go sit at your table. They only have six tables in their entire restaurant now. You know, they've, if, I think as long as you're six feet apart, there's ventilation. If you're sitting outside, I think you're good. But I mean, this is the kind of stuff you've got to think about if you're a restaurant owner is how can I be the most responsible I can possibly be? Which is another reason why I just felt like after talking to them this week, I was like, you guys get it. Yeah. Like they're doing the best thing for the people out there. And I just felt, I felt good. I felt like people cared, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think you hear about, you know, these deals like on Broadway <laughs> and you hear about 30 people testing positive and the restaurant owners trying to cover it up. Yeah. And all, just all these stories you're hearing and you're like, damn, can you be more polar opposite? Right. It's, and you have people and, and you know, those people are going to be fine either way. They have enough money. They're going to be fine either way. <clears throat> just so frustrating. So again, I, th I think the issue with all this, there are no experts. This is brand new for everyone. Everyone's trying to do the best they can every day. I don't know if I should be like cooking my cauliflower that's been sitting in the fridge for two weeks again, or, or if it's okay to order takeout. I truly don't know. And I don't feel comfortable recommending people to dine out. I just know that I'm not interacting with anyone else. So I feel okay in doing that in places that I know are taking the right precautions and being safe. So that's all I can really say on that. <laughs> and, you know, and I believe in the QBQ, which is something that I talk about all the time, you know, the question behind the question and, it's not a matter of other people. You've just got to look in the mirror and you've got to go, not how come everybody else doesn't wear a mask? How come everybody else doesn't do all these things? You've got to look in the mirror and you've got to say, what can I do? What can I do to be is the safest I can possibly be, not only for myself, but for other people? And when you start thinking like that, when you start thinking, what can I do? Well, I can wear a mask that will stop spreading my germs to other people. Um, I can try to socially distant as best I possibly can. And I can stand up for, you know, I can say something. Mm -hmm. If you see somebody who's being irresponsible, you can say, hey, man, that's not cool. I mean, if we are constantly doing that, I feel like um, I feel like we'll get ahead. But I mean, hey, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think every time I see something on Facebook and it becomes every time that it becomes politicized, I check out. Yeah, absolutely. Every time I see the agenda of the left, it's like they go, "Up, oh, you're done." Yep. Because now, because now you've brought politics into something that is not a political issue. Right. 
that's just frustrating. It's it's a tough time for sure. And also I would say on the on the calling out of people, I mean, I had a friend who was yelled at in Walmart because her mask wasn't on right. And I mean, I think there's a nice way to approach everything. Like, don't be an asshole about it anyway. Like people disagree, people are doing different things and just be kind. Yeah, I mean, and you know, wear the mask over your nose. Right. That's a, that's kind of a big one, you know, like a lot of people don't do that. It can be frustrating for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's pivot on. I think that we've talked about that long enough. Um, and we're going to, that's, that's obviously not a topic that's going to go away. Sure. Um, if you listen to my interview with Akende this week, we talk about it kind of in depth where the actions of a few are ruining it for the rest of us. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here in a minute with the Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I want to tell you, Delia, did you know that Pennington Distilling Company is the first grain-to-glass distillery in Nashville to produce a Tennessee whiskey since Prohibition? I did not know that, Brandon. Yes, they, uh, with their Davidson Reserve Tennessee whiskey, it's a sour match whiskey, and it is 100% made here in Nashville, right in the nations. And Jeff and Jenny have been on the show. They're amazing. Um, people that grew up here in Nashville, went to Franklin High School, uh, used to live right down the street from me, and they both worked in the spirits world, started a distillery. They are the makers of Pickers Vodka. They also make Walton's Vodka. and. Uh, Whisper Creek, Tennessee Sipping Cream, and Davidson Reserve. Uh, if you want to learn more about them, we do an episode with them. Go back and listen to it. Um, if you want to watch it, you can watch the video on our YouTube channel. And it is the full interview. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. But you can listen to it in two segments. Um, if you want to listen to it on Anchor or Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And it will. They, we kind of talk about everything. And uh, it's really cool to have people who are local we keep talking about local want to support local uh locally owned business owners so if you go to a bar and you or you order a drink make sure you tell them you want it with pickers or if you order something with bourbon tell them you want it with davidson reserve because it's a uh it's a premium quality product and it's made right here in nashville so there we go Delia, what do we got as far as um beverages this week to go beverages you know all that good stuff so you know the bars are all shut down for 14 days and we're about halfway through that now right so we're seven days into the bar shutdown but several of them are still serving to go drinks so attaboy who you know um completely devastated and lost team members during the tornado they are operating at lakeside lounge on fridays and saturdays from two to eight Um, hey oh so I, I'm definitely all about supporting them first because, gosh, what a freaking tough time they've had. And just give them some love. And I know you can make cocktails at home, but I think this is just about supporting people at this point, which we will talk about also later. But, um, yeah, they're there from 2 to 8, Fridays and Saturdays, for takeout and delivery. Chopper on the east side is also doing takeout cocktails. Like, I think they have batched ones, too. And then I got to mention also on the east side, those rose pepper margaritas because – those margaritas are really strong. <laughs> a little goes a long way on one of those. The first time that I went to Rose Pepper, it was on it was on Easter Sunday of last year. And it was my first like 
time I was having a Sunday alone, I went and sat on the patio at Rose Pepper and I had one margarita and some queso. And I'm telling you, I, I walked around town for a minute after that margarita. I was like, that was wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was like, that one went, and I have a pretty good tolerance, but that one went a long way. So I will say that's a good bang for your buck on the Rose Pepper Marks to go. Uh, also loving some frozen drinks right now. Party Fowl over in my neck of the woods has boozy slushies. And I've driven over to the Nations to Midnight Oil uh, for this frosé they have. And I might or might not have walked around my neighborhood with it before. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. And then I also love Anzi Blue has a lavender lemonade that you can get vodka in and CBD. So you can kind of like chill and get a good vibe. It's a cute place if you haven't been there before also. And then not from a restaurant, but I love Woodland Wine because you can order online and then you just pull up, text the number, pop your trunk. They put it in the trunk. They check your ID through your window. And so it's a completely contactless way to just get some wine. And they're doing these boxes of six where you just, they'll send you six wines. And so you get to try some new wines and cool, uh, not restaurant takeout, but wine shop. I do love Woodland Wine. So that's all I got for drinks today. Awesome. Um, I want to talk about Anzi Blue um, yeah. and their lavender lemonade with CBD and vodka. Yeah. Tell me about Anzi Blue because I've never been there and I just keep hearing ah. all about this place. Will you like, I want to talk about Anzi Blue for a second. Like, what is their deal? So it is the, the kindest couple. I think they both have backgrounds in the music business, if I'm not mistaken, but. Um, it's a cute little coffee shop. I think it was inspired by, gosh, I can't remember where it looks very much like you're in Greece when you walk in. This has been my, okay. I've not worked from home for a couple of times in the last month. And it, it was there both times they've got takeout. You can, they take out and deliver. So they are doing charcuterie and cheese boards. Their 15 year old nice. works there and she designed this really cool bagel board. Um, and then there's a caprese salad board that their daughter also designed. So a caprese salad board that like you can do a bunch of different versions of it. You just think, yeah, it's just like, it's just all prettied up on a plate. And then they have also an amazing thin crust pizza, which I wasn't expecting. I just went in and got, you know, coffee and was sitting there working and she said, you haven't tried our pizza. And I was like, I wouldn't have thought to order pizza here, but I had an amazing pepperoni and olive pizza, which is kind of my go-to. And I ate the whole freaking thing in like 18 hours, probably total. But it's a good so, that They make their own CBD. The, and it's just, there's a lot going on there, but it all is working. And it's a super cute vibe. And they have a patio. And they're the kindest people. And they're doing pop-ups every weekend. So I just think it's a really cool place uh, over in, I guess it's Bellmead. So if you haven't checked it out, definitely worth going. Where is it in Bellmead? Let me look this up. It's right because across like the right across from the hospital. Um, oh, okay, right over there by St. Thomas. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so it's in that street, in that little okay that development's called. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, I because I just I haven't been there obviously, and I keep hearing about it, and I'm like, is this a, like a little? Is it like a bodega? Is it like a little shop? Or is it like a restaurant? Is it a bar? Is it like a CBD place? Like, there's all these different things I feel like it is, and then I kind of yeah. just as you're going over this, I'm like, man, that lemonade sounds really good, and yeah. I just keep hearing about them. So, 
more information. I was like, let's let's support these guys. Yeah, Derek and Marcy are the couple's names, and she couldn't be kinder. And I just met Derek last time I was in, and they're just good people, and they're they're good at what they do. And I, I wondered the first time I was like, how are they doing cocktails? But they've so adapted, and they're thriving through this pandemic because they've adapted. And they've made it into a delivery model and they have CBD, which is helping people to chill out. And they have the takeout if you want takeout and they have delivery. They've just adapted on every turn and they're just killing it over there. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I love it. I love it. Thanks for, for giving me the update on that because I didn't know. And I just am like, I, I wanted to uh, wanted to talk about them. Yeah. So... Um, to go drinks, I think it's going to be around. I see right now that there are states that are legalizing it for good. Oh, can we keep them, please? I think I think we're moving in that direction. I don't like. I don't think there's been a whole bunch of crazy things that have happened because of it. I mean, not yet. I think it, this is one of those things that if we don't f it up, we could keep it around for a while. Let's let's keep these nice things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so if you're out there. And you enjoy getting to go beverages while you're out. Don't drink and drive. Like, do it responsibly. Like the the uh, the more times people get pulled over and they've got cocktails in their car, this is going to go away real fast if we can't be responsible about it. So, if you like doing that, and I think that it is a fantastic thing, you started talking about rose pepper and their margaritas, and uh, I am a little more than eight months sober. And that is my, that is my kryptonite. Like I, that's the thing that I miss the most about drinking is margaritas. Cause that was just like, there's a whole feeling around margaritas. And if you, I, I just dream, like I had to quit drinking before they let me take drinks to go, which is probably the best thing in the world, honestly, for me. But, um, I just feel like if variety journey though, What's that? I said, I'm so proud of you and your sobriety journey, though. You seem like you're doing really well, and I'm super proud of you. Well, that's a whole nother day, and I'll talk about it um, on a show. I'm sure I'd be happy to get into it and talk about it, because I know there's a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are drinking a lot right now. A lot of people have gone through this pandemic, and there's a lot of people that are drinking. And like you said, just getting out is good therapy and I think there's a lot of people that have been staying at home and a lot of people that have started drinking more and if I can be of any I want to tell my story I want to tell you know kind of why I'm not drinking and I want to be you know hopefully people can hear me say that and I'll talk more about it eventually Um, but I want to be something that let people know hey look you can do it if you feel like you drink too much you can not drink and it is great not drinking. My life has changed a million percent for the better. I'm sleeping better. I, like everything about life is better. So I we'll talk about it one day yeah. when I feel like it's appropriate time. But if you're out there right now and you feel like you drink too much or you just need help or whatever, you don't know how to ask for it. Um, please, I, I'm here for you. Like send me a message and be like, "Hey, dude, I heard you talking about this and." I don't, I don't even know what to think, but I'm happy to call you. I'm happy to call you. I'm happy to be somebody you can talk to. I'd be happy to tell you my story. And uh, if I can be of any service to any one person, I'm definitely down to do that because it's, it's a serious thing right now. And if one person just says, hey, he did it, I can do it. 
uh, how did you do it, Brandon? I'm happy to talk to you because it's it's been the most amazing thing in my life. Love that so much. Um, I think especially in this industry and given the pandemic and given the free time that we have, it's, it's something that's, I think, an important topic. So awesome that you're there to share it and to be there for people who might be afraid to reach out to anybody else, you know? Yeah. And if you want to go, if you, if you, I'm serious, like send a DM and be like, Hey dude, um, give me a call. I'm, you know, I heard you talk about not drinking and I want to learn more about it. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to, you can be anonymous. I don't care. Just, um, I mean, if you need somebody to talk to, if you have questions about it, um, seriously, send a message. I'm happy to do that. Um, so that segment's always a fun segment because I think there's a lot of people out there that do enjoy alcohol responsibly. And we want to, I think alcohol is a fun thing and you should be able to enjoy alcohol. Um, so we like doing that segment and like promoting <clears throat> people that, um, produce alcohol and, um, it's a fun thing. So just do it responsibly guys. And we can continue doing the to go alcohol yeah. because it's helping these restaurants stay afloat right now. Amen. Um, so we'll talk about that in just a second too. So this next segment, <clears throat> which is just some general news about the restaurant industry is brought to you by Kurt's hospitality marketing and Kurt's hospitality marketing is a full service sales marketing and PR firm. And, they really, it's so cool because they're just a company that is out there trying to help you build your business, identify your brand and grow what you're doing. And it's just a nice thing to have somebody who's out there doing that for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's such a nice thing to have a company who's got your back. This is what they do. You know, you're a restaurant and or if you're a restaurant, whatever business you're in, you're really good at what you do. And you wouldn't expect a lawyer to know how to run a restaurant. And if you're not a marketing person, you need one. I mean, it's amazing how much they can help you uh, grow your business. So check them out at KurtzHospitality.com. That's K-U-R-T-Z Hospitality.com. Um, Janet Kurtz is the owner and she is just amazing. She's very helpful. She's willing to talk to you, put a plan together for you and, um, make sure that you're doing all the right stuff. She does all social media, all that stuff. So check them out, give her a call. And um, we love having her as a sponsor for the roundup. It was her birthday this week. Happy birthday. I think yeah, it was. Yeah. And she celebrated in Florida. I know. I was feeling jealous of all these Florida trips. Had to book one myself. Um, but I will ah. as someone that covers restaurants, that having a marketing person to to speak with directly. It, it helps get your restaurant in front of my eyes more because I get 50,000 emails and yeah, I scroll social media looking for stuff going on and I drive around looking for stuff going on. But sometimes, I mean, getting that text or that message from a marketing person who I have a good relationship with, it makes the difference in me seeing a, a story that I might've missed otherwise. So I will say, I mean, it, it really does make a difference on my side. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big deal too. I mean, you know, where you're covering for Eater, all the different things happening in town and the restaurants that have PR and marketing firms, they know how to contact you and let you know when stuff's happening. And, um, they know how to contact me, you know? So another thing I'd say, Hey, contact me over here too. We're, we're happy to get the word out and it does work really well when you have a marketing firm. So Kurt's hospitality could be the people for you. Absolutely. So I guess in that, all right. So what's speaking of go ahead. Peter, this week, right? Um, what's been going on? I think 
we're in that July part where it's kind of hot out. So people aren't really going out. Plus there's a ton of cases happening right now. So people aren't really out a lot. So I think we're kind of slowing down on the openings and people are still being quiet on the closings. But I did do a cool story this week on white limousine at the graduate hotel on West. Oh yeah. I'm obsessed. I mean, I would move in tomorrow. It's named after a dog park. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, shout out if you want to let me move in until you open, I can hold it down. Um, (laughs) It is this, I love everything that a five-year-old girl would love. And it is the most fantastic Barbie dream house rooftop with a wading pool with a view of the city and Dolly Parton. It's named after a Dolly Parton song and album from 1989. And I love Dolly. Who doesn't love Dolly? Dolly for mayor. Sorry, Khalil. Um, okay. Maybe Dolly for governor, right? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> that's supposed to be opening this month. So again, I think they're kind of, hesitant to name a date yet given the current climate but i'm excited about that one coming in there's some cool pictures over on uh eater for that if you want to see those and then other hotel in itself i'm not gonna uh, that hotel itself every time you drive by i used to work at that amerigo right there on west end and every time i drive by that hotel i'm just like gosh man it's so beautiful like just i love that lobby and every your article looking at the pictures upstairs i'm like i will never be cool enough to go there (laughs) Um, because I'm like a dad and I'm old and <laughs> it's like, man, that's a really cool spot. Like it's going cool. to be there. Your wife's cool. What's that? Your wife's cool. So you can bring her there. Well, yeah, she can go. Uh, she just can't bring me. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll go together. <laughs> there you go. You have a girl's day. You guys go. It'll be fun. <laughs> awesome. Um, but I think it's maybe just kind of hotel opening time because the Virgin Hotel's rooftop and pool opened last week too. Other than that, I mean, I saw the Baked Bear ice cream cookie sandwich place is coming in Midtown and Eastside Bon Mies is coming in August on the east side of town and just I on a bunch of almost openings to see where they're at during the COVID-19 stuff and so I did an article about anticipated openings and checking in on those there's rose pony you know coming to bellmead soon and then the continentals coming soon so just kind of did a check-in on timelines on that and then i did see nadine's in hermitage is back open finally and they have an amazing cheesesteak i am pretty picky about a cheesesteak but nadine's in hermitage is is a good one and they're back so good back open and i really wish really wish we hadn't talked about it's a philly thing so Uh-oh. much because like I can't even get in there. Their lines are so long now. Seriously, I need you to check. It's, that out. Yeah, like if you, I know I I did like if you go get in line, like it's just like crazy. You can't just go get a cheesesteak anymore. Like you got to wait in line for thirty minutes. Wow. They are killing it in Bellevue. This little tiny like single wide uh, in the parking lot over there behind the Dairy Queen used to be Murphs. But it's a, uh, they're just a fantastic local business, uh, black owned business that you should be supporting and you are supporting. So that is fantastic. You know, what, you know where I ate this week? Where? Um, I ate at Rhythm and Spice. Oh, I've been, I've been wanting to go there. How was it? Oh my gosh. It was amazing. They do these little balls. So you get to like pick your base, right? And it's like they have these this Ethiopian rice and they have like a Jamaican like fried rice. They have all these different rices and beans and different things. Then you can pick like a honey jerk chicken. 
then another type of jerk chicken, and then you get lamb or whatever. There's like, you pick a protein Mm -hmm. and then you pick like your toppings and they have like sauteed peppers or elotes or they have all these just different things. And so you make these little bowls. So I went, we got three different bowls and um, Kamal, who's the owner, Kamal Kaloka, Mm -hmm. he came out and just kind of stopped by the table and checked in on us. And I was like, are you the owner? He's like, yeah, man. And then uh, I was with another guy um, who's a restaurateur. We were having lunch. And uh, you might see his background reading a Yelp review this week uh, on the show. Awesome. And he said, you guys, he asked if we were in the business. We started talking. And then he just brought out all this like jerk chicken. Oh, my gosh. Like it was amazing. The flavor that came out of that chicken was exactly my level of heat. Like it was just that perfect level of flavorful spice. Uh, I'm in love. That place is amazing. Awesome. I'll have to check it out next week. So give them a little shout out. And then I saw that uh, Rolf and Daughters and Folk are doing to-goes again. Oh, good. Uh, I saw on Instagram that said, we're back. So they've got a couple different things they're doing. And somebody said, are you back for good? They said, for at least a couple days. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know what that means. But uh, you can get Folk and Rolf and Daughters right now, I believe, to go. So that's another thing that's happening this weekend. Very cool. So, um, so I had a pretty good week this week with Akinde, and I had the craziest thing. So, I wanted to interview a bartender because I've, you know, I just talked about not drinking and interviewing a bartender. To me, I kind of have been waiting on the show to do like an in-depth interview, and I felt like it was time. Closing the bars and all the things that are happening. There's a bunch of people in this community who are bartenders, and I asked for a mixologist. I said. Who is like the best mixologist? Who's the most professional? I went on the Nashville Hospitality page and you would not believe, like it blew up. It was incredible. Did you see the post? I did, yeah. Has over 200 comments. It was the craziest thing. I asked for the best bartender, best mixologist, and I got a ton of responses. And then the post like turned into a love letter. It was amazing that everybody kept posting like their favorite bartender and then like the bartender would chime because they'd tag him in the post and the bartender would be like oh man thank you like that means so much to me and then like at the end of it everybody's saying like we should do a bar crawl at, like people's houses for these bartenders and everybody support them and i was just like that sounds terrifying for socially distancing yeah. Maybe drive but what an what an drive through either who's drinking i don't know we'll have to think on that one yeah, yeah, but I just, you know, it's one of those things that really brought home for me a real side of this that's a um, that's another people thing that when all the bars had to close and these bartenders haven't been able to serve people at a bar and that's what they do. If you listen to the Akinde interview, one of the things he kept saying was, I'm missing the interaction because this is a craft and I'm creating. I'm creating these different cocktails. When people come to the bar, I get to create with them and I get to share this with them and I can't do that right now. And there's a ton of talented, super talented people out there who are bartenders who are not working, essentially, not doing what they do best. I think a lot of people are making drinks for people sitting at tables, but it's not the same. No. And um, it was just so fun to see that community talk together. And they're a tight-knit community, you know? I mean, 
uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was, I was dating a bartender and I think to just see like him and his friends kind of, they, you almost lose your sense of identity because you're so entwined in caring for these people and making drinks for them. And, and all of a sudden you can't do that. So there's a sense of identity loss, which I think is, isn't a tough thing to talk about in the mental health piece too. So I'm so, I'm so glad you got to talk to Akinde about all that today, uh, this week. So I'm going to make a list. I've gone through that page and I'm, I'm going to start doing some more interviews with some more aspects. I mean, obviously Nashville restaurant radio is all facets of the restaurant business. And I want to get a lot more of their takes because I think there's some really good stories. Um, and there's a lot of really good uh, people who are creative, amazing professionals in this industry that other people can listen to and learn from. And I know that a lot of people learned from Akinde this week, just his professionalism, his proactive nature and learning the craft and what he's doing. Um, the amount of BS these guys have to put up with from drunk people really is amazing how they, it's not just making a drink. I mean, that's the one thing I think I took away from the interview is that it's not just, oh, I make drinks or I'm a mixologist. Like they have to really read a room and they've got to like, they've got to entertain you, be knowledgeable about so many different topics to be able to carry on intelligent conversations, but then also recognize when you're intoxicated and when to have that delicate conversation to say, I'm right. not going to serve you anymore. They're like therapists and police and bartenders all at the same time, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big part of it that I really wanted to share that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So what else we got? What else is out there? What's going on right now? Um, well, let's talk about some social media buzz. You know, my friend Chris Chamberlain from the scene and multiple other publications got a kind of buzzy post about making it a cocktail at home this week. Did you see that? I did. Or he was talking about, um, I think it was, if you don't know how to make a, like, don't order Negronis to go. Was that it? Yeah, it was about Negronis. Yeah, I thought it was funny. He said, look, if if you don't know how to make a Negroni, like, why are you ordering these things to go? Like, order something that's hard to make at home, which is a good point. I mean, I see that. Like, hey, if you can order a Bud, you can go get a six-pack of Bud Light. Why are you ordering a Bud Light from a restaurant? Like, come on, man. That's just lazy. But, but I thought Nick Gidry jumped right in, didn't he? He said kind of what I was thinking. I was like, well, I'm not buying it because I can't do it here. I'm buying it because I'm trying to support this restaurant that had to close. And so, I, I mean, I see both sides of that, but yeah, Nick, Nick came after it. <laughs> uh, you know, he's one of those people also that really has stepped up during this to be a voice. So Caroline the other day said, you know, during that interview with, with you in Nashville Restaurant Radio, she says, I've never been that vulnerable. I've never said some of the things I've said. I've always kind of kept things close to the vest. And I don't know why I felt like that interview was my time to do it, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it. And I feel like I don't no i haven't known nick for that long but he's so outspoken him and audra are just they've been an amazing voice through all of this yeah. and i just I, I i read that and i was like you go nick i mean nothing against chris i think his point was totally valid but yeah just ordering drinks to support local businesses is a uh is what it's about absolutely i just saw uh, nick and audra yesterday i went and got a to go po boy so I saw them for a second. You know, they're expecting in October. So they've got a lot going on. Keeping two businesses. Yeah, they do. Technically three businesses afloat with the pop-up. But um, no, so super proud of them. You know, they were restaurant of the year last year for Eater. And then 
they've just been adapting and I think being a, a good voice and advocate for small businesses through all of this. I went and had a coffee at Slow Hand Coffee last week, a week before last, mm-hmm. and um, it was very good. Love, you know, you get in there and you get your coffee and everybody's wearing a mask and they're all socially distanced and I felt good about that. It's a positive place for me to go. And all those pastries just sitting right there that she, you know, she's pastry chef. Oh my gosh. Like those pastries were just like mouth watering to die for. Cookies are so good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's much more than a coffee shop. If you want to go to slow hand, you get like artisan pastries. Absolutely. You can get, now you can get coffee and a po' boy and a pastry all in one stop. All right there. That's what it's about right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what else you seen on socials? I mean, I did like Hugh Babies. They kind of just stepped up and made a real simple plea, which I think goes a long way sometimes. They just said, yesterday they said, good morning. Please wear a mask inside our facilities. It's so easy. Once you've ordered and you're seated and distanced from our employees and other guests, then mask off. This is for everyone's health. Just do it and let's get through this. I mean, it's so simple. And they shouldn't have to be pleading for you to care for their employees. And I just, the common sense. And they've got a, they got a ton of likes and interactions on it. So I'm just proud of businesses for just stepping up and advocating for, for their own, you know? Well, I mean, you know, it's back to that bartending thing. Like, they have to be policemen and they've got to be bartenders and they've got to be, like, physical, like, workers. Like, there's enough things they have to people have to do in restaurants like they're they're there so that you can get out and get food like it's a hospitality thing like don't make them have to police you right like why are you doing that like it's just awkward for everybody there's a mandate right now you've got to wear a mask like i blew in the face with this it's so easy and if you don't want to do that Uh, and you know i went to public like everybody's doing it now. Like I'm going to stop talking about it. Cause like yeah. I went to Publix and I think every single person I saw was wearing a mask and wow. I was like, yay, look at this. Nice. I felt better. I was like, I don't feel like there's germs everywhere right now. Right. Exactly. So just, I like seeing these simple little posts where people stand up for what's right and people support them because of it, you know? Yeah. All right. So now is the time where we get to talk about, What's the dealia? But first, as always, we're going to talk about Supersource. Uh, Supersource has brought the What's the Delia segment to us since its inception. And Jason Ellis over there at Supersource, I had a really good conversation with him this week. And we were talking about, I said, so what is it that, like, how are you able to save people money? And essentially, I'm going to break it down because I broke it down for my wife last night this way. She goes, what's the difference between all these different people? Or maybe it's actually you I broke it down to. I said, um, so there's some big companies out there that supply people with dishwashers and chemicals. There's different ways they do it, but typically they like to lock you into five-year programs. And they lock you into these contracts that sound good on the front end, but really you're going to use way much more of the product. There's a lot of overages that you have to pay. And with them, they have no contracts. They have no contracts. The dish machines that they offer, you get a brand new dish machine. They're inexpensive right now for every national restaurant radio listener. They're giving three months of a dish machine lease for free. And then they sell you the chemicals and they come in and they'll teach your staff how to use the products. 
So they will actually, so a lot of times you're spending a lot of money because your big chemical company doesn't, they set the, the, the numbers wrong and you're using more product than you should, or you're not using enough product and they will come in and help you do all of that. They'll teach your staff how to use the right products for the right things at the right time, which is amazing right now in this time because they have a new hand sanitizer. Their sanitizer is EPA rated to kill COVID-19. That is brand new to get the Environmental Protection Agency to rate your stuff to kill COVID-19. They also have hand sanitizer readily available. Um, so if you want a second look at your operation, it's free. Go to our website, click the sponsor link, go to SuperSource, go to their website, request Jason Ellis to kind of just bring him out to your restaurant. Let, let him do an audit of what you're currently doing. And right now he's telling me that he is saving 15 to 20% savings over every single that's an average he just had a company that he was able to save 50 percent he was telling me yesterday he goes i'm saving them 50 percent look in his eyes I, you can tell when you look in his eyes like he was excited he's like i love being able to be the company that's coming in and disrupting everything and saving restaurateurs money especially in a time like this so it's just amazing good dude happy to work with them um so excited about all these different sponsors but right now is the time for, I still love that. It's my favorite. Back to my Wheel of Fortune audition. <laughs> Ramsey, what you got? So today we're going to talk about what's the dealio with tipping. So this is just a back to basics, kind of a primer that we're going to talk through tipping um, before the pandemic. So disclaimer is we're now in a pandemic. So some of what we're going to begin with isn't relevant and it, it is different at the moment. So in the form of doing this segment correctly, we're going to discuss all aspects of tipping top to bottom. Uh, we're going to have some differing opinions, I'm sure, because I know this is a topic that you're passionate about. So everybody listen at your own risk. Could be triggered by some tipping comments. Um, so first off, what is a tip? Why do we tip? And why has it gotten out of control? I mean, to understand this phenomenon, let's define what a TIP actually is. So TIPS, if you don't know, is an acronym for To Ensure Proper Service. It's a gratuity, which is defined by the dictionary of Merriam-Webster as something given voluntarily or beyond obligation, usually for some service. Used in a sentence, we had outstanding service at dinner last night, so we gave our server a large gratuity. So, with today's technology, every computer system at any restaurant, if you're, you know, tapping out for a coffee, that anywhere that could accept a tip asks for a tip. And you're face to face with a person over a kiosk and there's a moment and it just, it feels like it's gotten out of control and people, even in my family, are confused about what's the right amount to tip in this, in this position and why would you tip and what are they doing for a tip? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to clear some things up. So we'll start with the basics of why you would leave a tip. So when someone provides a service that is satisfactory or enables you to enjoy an experience that is on par with expectations, 20%, start with 20%. I always recommend leaving the tip after tax. Um, so every $10 you leave two. Easy math, even for me who does not like math. This applies to servers, bartenders, and these people are relying on your tips because they're getting 213 an hour, uh, which is completely legit, keeps them employed. If the restaurant owners paid the servers $8 an hour, they would all just be kiosks because that would strip away almost all margin. 
So if you go into a restaurant, you have a food allergy, everyone has a different food allergy, your kids are like throwing graham crackers around, um, you have 87 questions, you need your handheld going to the bathroom, you have your party's 45 minutes late showing up, um, you sit there until they close, you have 25 modifications to your order, or you're just being a Karen. I mean, maybe you need to tip a little more. I mean, some of those people are the ones that tip 15% at the end of the night, and, and those are the people that should be tipping more. And maybe they don't understand why, and you think they're just there to take care of you and serve you, but this person is now spending an inordinate amount of time dealing with you. And that's great because that is what people in the service industry are here to do. But if that server and bartender has to spend 90% of their time with your table because you're being extra, then they should be compensated for all that time. That's just the right thing to do before or after a pandemic. So also another uh, circumstance would be if someone at the restaurant, you know, they give you food, they throw out some appetizers or you have a gift card. It's customary to leave on a comp tag 50% of what the bill would have been. And on a gift card, I would say 30% is a good rule of thumb. Um, so those are just some tipping points prior to a pandemic. And I will say now, since things have opened back up, I was just so excited to eat in a restaurant. I've been throwing out like 25 to 33% tips, which I'm kind of tapping myself out on, admittedly, because I've got pay cuts too. But I, I feel so bad because they're, you know, gosh, they're wearing a mask for five, six hours. And they're right in front of me at the kiosk. And I don't want to look like an asshole. And I'm like, I feel bad that you're kind of putting yourself at risk to, to give me a coffee. So I've been over tipping right now, even when no one's providing me any, you know, excellent service. So that's something I'm struggling with now is the, the it's like tipping guilt almost because someone's looking at me in the face and, you know, maybe they have a kid at home and they've been out of work and I'm just, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I know you might have an opinion on that. Well, so this is the, the thing, okay? Because this is where I really love this topic. And thank you, Delia, for jumping in here. Is that there is an awkward moment when you go places. There is an implied, there's an implied tipping that happens when you go get a cup of coffee. And to ensure proper service means that you're going to give something a little extra. And I'll give an example of where I like to tip. I go to Kroger. And I like fillets, right? I'm bougie and I like really nice stuff. So I like fillets. But when I go to Kroger and I see a bunch of end cut fillets in the, little, the meat counter, and I don't want the tips. I want a barrel cut, center cut fillet. I ask the butcher, I say, hey man, do you think you can cut me a barrel cut, like a center cut in the back? And there's two things he can do. One is he can go, hey man, I don't want to have to go do that. You can buy what's out here or they can go, yeah, man, no problem. I want to do that for you. So that's a little bit extra. That's something that is extra that I'm asking him. Clearly, there's steaks right there that I could just buy. Or he could go cut me some beautiful center cut steaks. And that's a whole thing. So when they do that, and the guy does that every time for me now. If I walk in, I say, hey, he knows. I'm like, hey, man, my local Kroger, that's what he does. But I always throw him a five spot or a 10 spot. Because you're going above and beyond and you're you're creating a service for me that is out of the ordinary. You've, I'm ensuring proper service, the kind of service that I like. And I hook you up with a little something extra. When I go out to a Subway, which is rare, but like if I run into a Subway, I want to get a quick sandwich. I'm trying to be healthy or 
just hungry. And there's the tip jar at the end of the line, right? That confuses me because I go in line and I say, I'd like a meatball sub. And they go, okay, I tell them the type of bread and I get a meatball sub, it goes to the end. And there's a thing there with a tip jar. And it's like, am I supposed to leave? Like, did you do something extra for me? And really, if you're Subway, I would get rid of those because all you're really in doing is enticing people to give me something for free so that I leave a tip. Because there's no inherent service there. You're getting paid by the hour. That's your job. Um, if you go to, I went to a burger place. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the burger place, but this is a famous burger place here in town. And you literally walk up to a counter. You place your order. You tell the person what you want. You have to get your own menu. You place your order. And there's a sign right behind you that says, place your order, sit down, wait for your name to be called, pick up your food, clean up after yourself. Like there's a sign that says that and you place your order and then she flips the screen around and on that screen, it says, would you like to leave a gratuity? Yes, no, 10, 15, 18, 20%. And she looks at you and you're like, do you want to leave a tip? And there's a moment where you go, I have to. Why, what, do you not get paid enough? Like, what, why would I leave a tip? And it's like, I'm really not trying to be a jerk. But it's like, if I'm literally, I'm getting my own menu, I'm placing an order, like I don't leave a tip at McDonald's. Why would I leave a tip because I'm paying $13 for a hamburger? Like I'm paying $13 for a hamburger that I have to walk up, place an order. I have to go sit down, clean my own table, get up to get my own food, clean up my own food. Like, no, I'm not going to leave you a tip. But today, if you work in a restaurant, the technology that they use for credit card systems, they all have that button on there that says leave a gratuity. If there's not a service involved, and this is where we're, you know, right now we're in the middle of pandemic, some of this stuff is different. I hit no tip because unless you're doing something to provide a service for me, I'm not just going to leave a 20% surcharge on everything that I do because I'm already paying $13 for a hamburger. Like out of that money, there's margin that they're paying you an hourly wage. You're not a server. You're not making $2.13. And I think that's where we've got to get back to earning service like mm -hmm. some places you go to chick i would tip at chick-fil-a like you go to chick-fil-a they are really good they go above and beyond on a consistent basis but you never tip at chick-fil-a right they don't have an option for you to tip but they will walk around they'll refill your drink in the dining room the service is impeccable they're above and beyond when they hand you their thing they'll say we've put this sauce in here we've done this we've done that we're totally helping you out and you're like wow that's so much more than I expected. I would like to give you something more for that. And I think that's the area that we've got to get back to. And if we as a society can continue to do that, I think we correct some of this stuff. And I think a lot of it is technology. Technology has that little tip line that is creating a lot of confusion for people. And I'm a people pleaser. Maybe, maybe there's other people pleasers. I can't be looking at this girl over the, over the counter and be like, nope. I feel like I'm insulting them if I put no. So then I'm like, well, I also can't only give you 10%. So I always do 20 or at least, especially now. So that's, it's something I struggle with. So thanks for speaking to that. But I will say, I do want to call out two examples of really good service that I've had because I've had two good, really good experiences throughout the pandemic with dining out. One time was at cinema and I had a family member who was a vegetarian and we sat down and the server goes and she comes back with, because we've got all the throwaway menus and the QR codes, but she comes back with a throwaway menu and she has circled everything that she could order on the menu, which I thought that, that's above and beyond. Like you came back and you showed her what she can order. 
And then last week at East Cafe, and it was my first time there, but I really enjoyed it. And our table kind of stayed at the end, which I was sitting there looking around. I'm like mouthing, I'm sorry to everybody because I do not ever want to be that girl. <laughs> but then, then they want a picture taken. And so then we have to ask for a picture. But that is an example where we tipped above and beyond. And the girl took 25 pictures for us and she was super awesome and super cool about it because we took care of her. And she, you know, was super cool with us. And those are two times where people went above and beyond and they were, we wanted to reward them for it. So those are things where maybe it is appropriate for me to do the 30% or, or more that I've been doing and maybe stop just doing that to everyone because I, I feel like obligated. And well, I mean, I, I think that you're obligated. You feel that way because we're in a pandemic and these people are out working their tails off. And some of this is for after a pandemic. Um, right. And, you know, there's also things you can do. Okay, so I've coached some people in the past. So to-go's, I've always had, to-go's has been a thing way before the pandemic. People have yeah. been to-go's. And I used to work in a restaurant and the to-go person would always complain that they never made tips. And I said, you're not making tips because you're not selling it appropriately, right? So people don't recognize what you're doing because all you do is you walk out and you go, here's your bag. Thanks, have a good day, sign this. Right. Well, if you walk out, like if you provide a service, you let them know what you've done, go a bit above and beyond. So, for example, if you have a, eight people that if you have a to go order that calls in, they have eight dishes and they all want separate things and you have put it all together. You can walk out and go, here's your order. Sign this. Thank you. Or you can walk out and you can say, hi, Karen. That's a random name, but you can <laughs> Linda, whatever it is, say, Thank you so much for ordering from us this evening. I just want to let you know what I've done. I went ahead and I wrote on top of the to-go boxes, each individual person's names. You don't have to guess what's in the box. I put all of the sauces on the side and then I got extra bread because it looks like there's eight people and you could probably like bread. So I got some extra bread and I put extra packets of sauce for dipping with the bread separately in each person's bag so that it makes it really easy for everybody to do that. Plus, I also put extra condiments, extra silverware and some to-go, this, this and this. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for ordering from us this evening. Like, if I got that to go order, I would go, damn, like, yeah. you did an awful lot for me yeah. going above and beyond. Hand somebody an order and go, here's your order. Thanks. Like, let them know all the work that you've done on that to go order. And, you know, and do the work. Like, if you're doing to goes, we should be all really good at doing to goes right now. I, I talked about it in a podcast a month and a half ago where I went to get to goes and like, they didn't answer their phone. You had to do it online. And when you got there, like I parked outside and I was like, do I go in? Like there's, there's no indicators, no sign that says go in. So I had to go and like open the front door. I know that sounds, but like back in the middle of a pandemic, I was like, should I be touching things? And then like I opened the door and then the, the woman's like sitting at the bar and I'm like, do I just like, go through all these bags and find mine? Like, you know, and she's like, yeah, just find yours. And I'm like, that's, I don't want other people doing this to my food. Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, we could be better than this. And then she gives me a thing and it has a line for a tip. And I'm like, so I had to place my order online. I had to come in, root through my thing. You barely even acknowledged I was here. You're like, yeah, just get your own stuff. And it's like, you're on the bar on your phone. Like, why am I leaving you a tip? And I didn't in that extent. Like, there's actually in that situation, you leave the tip beforehand. You have to leave the tip when you place. Would you like to leave the tip? And it's like, I learned next time I do this, I'm not going to leave a tip because there was no service. I did leave a tip that time. But like, 
that's the thing I think that people are frustrated about is that they're looking for a level of service that's congruent with how much money they're going to leave as a gratuity. And when you ask, when you're pandering people, the silent tipping that, oh, what do you want to leave me? They flip the screen over and they're asking for a tip. Like, it's okay to leave no tip if they're not going to do anything for you, in my opinion. Yeah. And hopefully across the industry, the people that really do a great job, like a Kinde, talking to him, asking people what they want to drink and creating cocktails for them and creating experience that's above and beyond you ordering a Bud Light is what you tip people big for. And we need to continue doing that. And hopefully we'll motivate people to increase their professionalism across the board. I had dinner at Folk before the pandemic. And I sat down with my wife and the whole menu looked amazing, but I'd never eaten there before. And the server comes up and she says, hey, have you eaten here before? And I said, no, um, the menu looks great though. And she said, well, let me go over it with you. And she went over every single item on the menu and said, and we cooked this one this way. And we did this this way. And they foraged these mushrooms yesterday. And we this fish was flown in from Hawaii yesterday. And da 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 And she went over the entire thing. And we ordered like half the menu, but I was just like, wow, what an experience this is that this server knows this much about the menu, is this passionate about the menu. And I felt the menu was completely demystified. I knew about every dish and I was able to make a really informed decision. It was one of the best dinners I've had in this city over the past year. And it was because that server went above and beyond. Yeah. And you know, it was an expensive dinner, but we hooked it, like we left like a 30% tip on that because she made that dinner right different than placing an order and somebody just taking an order and delivering you know i don't you know this was close to me starting not drinking and she like made these mocktails for us which were super cool and like that's it that's what that's what we want to promote that's why you leave a gratuity yep. love it all right did we just do it does that is that what's the delia for today i guess that was the delia for today I'd love to hear your opinions, folks. If you want to talk about tipping, you're going to see this video right now on your Facebook feed. You'll see it in Instagram. We're going to post about it. I want to know your opinion. I want to hear your comments. Let me know if I'm crazy. Let me know if you feel the same way. But I think we can enact change and we can hopefully increase the level of service that everybody's providing out there. One podcast at a time. One podcast at a time. All right. There we go. What's the dealia? I love it. So final segment. Final segment is brought to you by Mobile Fixture. And typically in this segment, we would do a local legend. And this week, we are going to talk about a couple of instances of restaurants we want to just raise up for doing the right thing. So Mobile, Mobile Fixture is a kitchen equipment company, but there's so much more than that. Ben Whitlock's the president. He's been on our show too. And uh, he actually cares. He's one of those people that cares about your restaurant, wants you to be set up for success. They have a showroom out in Smyrna. I invite you to make an appointment, go out there, check it out. If you're looking to start a restaurant, you want to revamp your kitchen, you need new equipment, give them a call. Check them out at mobilefixture.com. They are an amazing sponsor for this show. They care about locally owned independent restaurants. They will help you succeed. Um, so what I want to bring up today, I had an interesting week. And one of the things I did this week was I was, at, I was on the phone with Naima Walker-Fierce of Germantown Pub. 
And I was literally in Germantown. I was going to go by the restaurant to kind of check on them, see how things were going. And she goes, uh-oh. And so what's up? She goes, I just got a text message from Tony, who's the kitchen manager. She goes, we had uh, somebody test positive for COVID. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah. And I said, what do you want to do? And she goes, the right thing. And I said, good. And I said, I'm right here. I'm going to run inside and I'll, I'll find out what's going on. Let's put a plan together. So I was right in the middle of it. You know, you hear about these things happening that restaurants have somebody that test positive for COVID. So I walked in the door and there's Tony right there. And I said, Hey man, what's going on? And he said, um, you know, I'm not going to out anybody. He said, we had an employee test positive for COVID. He hasn't worked in five days. Um, but he, and he tested positive, you know, yesterday we just found out and I said, okay, um, we got to close the restaurant. He goes, okay. I said, like right now, it was 2.30. And I said, literally, I brought the, the manager over and I said, okay, here's what we got to do, guys. We got to close. We've got to get every single person in the building tested. We've got to do a deep clean. And I'm talking to Naima and she's like, yep, absolutely. Let's do it. Like, let's go right now. Let's we'll put a post out there on social media. Let everybody know. Obviously, it's not what we want to be doing right now. But for the safety of everybody, that's what we got to do. And I... You read about this stuff on social media, you see it, you probably saw the post from Germantown Pub about this, but I felt really proud. There was a moment with all the stuff going on that there was never a question in anybody's mind. Like their core values that they have in place there, being good to people, GTP, they're good to people core value was absolutely lived. And there was no question of, well, it's gonna cost us this amount of money. And she said, no. This is the right thing to do. Let's do it now. We made a decision in less than a minute. I just felt proud in that moment that I got to work with people that do that. And I've never been in a situation like that. It's a first for me. So I want to raise them up today as an amazing restaurant with an amazing culture of doing the right thing on a consistent basis. And I love that about them. And I'm proud to work with them. And if you're a restaurant out there right now, I highly recommend that you put a contingency plan in place right now for when it happens to you. Cause it's not an, if it's a win, Somebody's going to get it and you're going to have to close and scrambling and not identifying the right thing to do. Put a plan in place right now so that when that happens, you can pivot on a dime and do the right thing. So that's what I got. Awesome. What's yours? Um, so oh my, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I almost fell off my chair about this. I've just, throughout the pandemic and even after the tornado, I've seen so many places stepping up to feed hospitality workers. And so I saw something cool that I wanted to shout out um, from Sunda Nashville last night. I know they're based in Chicago, but they have a location here and the, you know, the owners and chefs are here and they posted last night on the Nashville servers group that they're doing this new community service program called Sunda service. And, um, it's a nonprofit that they're working with called People Loving Nashville, and they've got a video, and they had an anonymous donor that's been distributing 100 meals a week to kids and families in need and hospital workers fighting COVID, and um, you can buy meals for hospitality workers and friends, and um, they're going to be feeding people in the hospital hospitality industry this week. They're making 100 meals for anyone this Sunday, there's pickup between four and five on Sunday for anybody that is in need of a meal this week. I know there are lots of needs and maybe people don't want to share that they're in need right now, but you can contact Sunda if you need 
meals. And I'm just, I'm always flagging things like that where people are trying to feed their brothers and sisters who might be out of work and might be hungry. And so I just wanted to lift up Sunda for their charitable efforts this week. Heck yeah. That's, you know, there's been a lot of restaurants that are pivoting to that, but I love like everything gets hot and then it cools off. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things that we talked about with Akinde again, since it's so fresh in my brain that like, even with the civil rights movement we're having, we've got to keep our pedal to the metal with this. We can't let the movement like fall to the wayside. We've got to keep talking about it and food um, insecure insecurity is a real thing right now. Mm-hmm. And awesome for them for continuing with this to feed people who need it. There's a lot of people out there that do. So great job, yeah. Sunda. Yeah, awesome. Is it Sunda or Sunda? I can never remember. <laughs> uh, I think I've heard Sunda, but I'll go Sunda. I think we all know what we're talking about. We know what we're talking about. It's in the gold and yeah. Tina Laredo. Yes. <clears throat> well, okay. That is the roundup for July 10th 2020 anything else you want to finish with anything you got to tell the people in nashville just to uh stay pretty music city and remember you can be pretty wearing a mask i love it thanks guys i hope you're being safe love you bye